This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Tom. And this is Tracy Henley. This is your 2020 Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Champion, Michael Adja. This is Tyler Roark. This is David Melke. This is Travis Stemler. Bobby Santos. Tom Beery. Bill Muskrat, Travis Brady. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into a snowy edition of Horsepower Happenings. I don't know what's going on with Rich French's socially distanced studio, but I know that it's uh, we're walking in a marshmallow world, okay? We'll get into that coming up in just a moment. So much to talk about tonight. Two great interviews lined up, a preview of the Snowball Derby, all that and these things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. Kyle Larson grabbed his 44th win of the season Friday night during the 5th Annual Copper Classic at Arizona Speedway. Larson bested Carson Macedo, Buddy Kofoid, and Rico Abreu. Portage, Michigan's Carson Hosevar has a teammate next season at Nice Motorsports. Ryan Truex, a former full-time Truck Series competitor, Truex will pilot the number 40 Marcus Spa's Chevy in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Jimmy Owens picked up $5,000 during the Schaefer's Oil Ironman Late Model Series leftover event at 411 Speedway Saturday night. Owens held off Corey Hedgecock, Randy Weaver, Dustin Linville, and Clay uh, Coughlin for the win. The Arkham Series is returning to Talladega Super Speedway in 2021. The event will be part of a Saturday doubleheader with the NASCAR Xfinity Series on April 24th. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me. Good evening, Rich. How are you? Great. Uh, I can I can guarantee that the deer population is what it was before <laughs> I left. <laughs> you didn't uh, you didn't put a dent in it over the weekend, did you? No, I didn't. But I put a dent in some other things. But that was a, <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a whole another story. <laughs> you weren't you weren't pre gaming for the snowball, were you? <laughs> I, I might have been practicing just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> well, let's get into the show tonight, Rich. What do we have? Well, Zach, um, Zach, if you had won a NASCAR Cup Series championship, would you think that would give you the right to kind of play around a little bit outside of sure. your regular job? Absolutely. Well, uh, Chase Elliott thinks the same way you do. So now Chase Elliott is now going to do some things that he hasn't done. Uh, and it's on the dirt and in midget cars. Uh, looks like he's trying to follow Kyle Larson's lead a little bit. Uh, coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh an event going on the Die Edge Carolina Midget Showdown, December 12th and 13th at Millbridge Speedway. That He's going to kind of get his feet wet in the dirt midget before he heads out to the Chili Bowl Nationals, Zach. Yeah, he's going to so, make uh, a debut out there at the Chili Bowl, a big event, man. Yeah, so uh, Chase Elliott uh, wins the NASCAR Cup Series Championship in 2020. Now we'll see. What else he can do? On Maybe he can do something on the dirt. We'll see how good he really is. He did say to uh, be prepared that he plans on embarrassing himself at Millbridge Speedway. And then Chili Bowl Nationals is a whole other thing, man. We've seen drivers go out there and struggle. Kyle Larson is the exception to the rule. So is 
that kid by the name of Christopher Bell. He's the exception. But, man, some of those other NASCAR guys go out to the Chili Bowl and struggle. So it'll be interesting to see what Chase can do out there come January. I'm excited for Chase, man. Get on the dirt and have some fun. That's cool. Yeah, he should, but he's got something, uh, you know, on his schedule before all that. Yeah. Coming up this weekend, going for a snowball derby win number three this Sunday at Five Flag Speedway in Pensacola. Of course, we'll be there to see if he can get three three fingers for yeah. the ring. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about that. Austin Trophy. We'll talk about that more coming up. Hey, July is set to be one, while we're talking about dirt, July is set to be one for the history books at Eldora Speedway, uh, and that's, of course, in 2021. Speedway officials, along with officials from the World of Outlaws, NASA Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, announced not one, but two separate Kings Royals for next season, and it's going to be within the same weekend. This is going to be awesome. The first race will be Thursday, July 15th, the second on Saturday, July 17th, and get this, Rich, Two separate Kings Royals means two races paying $175,000 to the winner. The announcement comes as a result of the loss of Eldora's complete 2020 spectator event season this year, of course, due to the coronavirus pandemic. Thursday, July 15th, $175,000 to the winner. Saturday, July 17th, another $175,000 to the winner. That blows my mind. Now the bigger question, Zach. Who do we know at Eldora, and who do we need to get to go to know, know at Eldora? <laughs> I tell you what, the big cat, Brad Sweet, man, he looked he looked pretty good there uh, this year and last year, and uh, you know that a show like that, there's going to be some competitors down there looking to steal the money. Um, I'm excited for that weekend, man. In July, the heart of the summer, Kings Royal. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, bring it on. Let's go. Yep. Well, and you know what, Zach? Another 2021 season. Uh, has an unofficial start date, and that's for Champion Racing Association. Uh, after their announcement of dates for CRA Speed Fest 2021, uh, the annual preseason event will take place at Chris Motorsports Park January 22nd and 23rd, just like it kind of same spot it did this year, yep. uh, with a built-in rain date of January 24th. So mark that down on your calendar. I'm going to mark it on mine. Oh, yeah. And uh, – you know, and uh, the super late models and pro late models will headline the event as usual, which marks the 10th straight time at Speedfest uh, has been held at Crisp Motorsports Park. Uh, the super late models act will race for 10 grand to win and the pro lates for a $5,000 payday. So uh, looks like we're going to have a little bit of fun in January as well. Yeah, looking forward to that event, man. And uh, this was this year was the first year I made it down there. And uh, what a show. What a show at Chris Motorsports Park. And Georgia, beautiful that time of year. I couldn't believe it. I was standing on the backstretch of a racetrack in January in, a t in, 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 in short sleeves, Rich, and I had a little perspiration on the brow. So that was awesome. The World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series released their 90-plus schedule at the end of last week, which is, of course, why we knew about the Kings Royals. And uh, the schedule, it spans across 27 states. It includes some of the largest payouts in history. Of course, the dual $175,000 to win events, but also a potential $200,000 winner at the Knoxville Nationals, another potential $100,000 winner of the Jackson Nationals. There's some other events you have to hit and win and do certain things to be eligible for that prize, but it's possible. And then, of course, there's so many more races paying big money. 
The notable thing, Rich, missing from the 2021 schedule is a stop in Michigan again. Next season will mark the second consecutive year the Outlaws have not come to the Mitten State, and it's just the second time in 10 years in a decade that they aren't scheduled to be in town. Traditionally, Hartford Speedway or I-96 Speedway would host at least one of the World of Outlaws events, um, and uh, that's just not going to happen this year, and it uh, won't happen next year. Uh, so where will they be? Well, the closest that they'll be near to town is two dates at Attica Raceway Park, Friday, May 21st, and Tuesday, July 13th. That, of course, for the Brad Doty Classic. And then as of right now, the World of Outlaws Morton Building's late models also exclude a stop in Michigan, coming as close, uh, as close as Plymouth, Indiana, on Saturday, June 5th. So the Outlaws, either late models nor sprint cars, Rich, will not see the state of Michigan again in 2021. Well, Zach, I can I can make you feel better. There is some touring sprint cars that you will see in Michigan uh, at I ninety six I ninety six Speedway. Uh, the Tony Stewart, Ali Bargerlet Outlaw All All Star Circuit of Champions. Uh, they released their schedule. Boy, we got a bunch of schedule information this week on the show, don't we? Um, yeah, fill out the this calendar. Time, this is the time of the year when the schedules start coming out, so we got to get it out to all the fans on what's going on for twenty twenty one. The All Stars will make their first trip to Lake Odessa on Friday, May 14th, for an $8,500 prize. And a second trip as well, Zach, uh, on Friday, August 20th, as part of a regional weekend of racing that includes Plymouth Speedway on Saturday. Uh, other area racetracks include Gas City, I-69 Speedway, Attica Raceway Park, Fremont, and Kokomo Speedway. So you didn't get the one, but you got the other. Yeah, we'll take that. All-Stars put on a great show, so looking forward to that. For sure. Um, this is kind of a, this is not local by any means, but it definitely has been a conversation piece in the racing industry this week, Rich. Did you see the massive crash from Formula One? Uh, I think that this came out on Saturday morning. Uh, maybe it was Sunday morning when we woke up. This was a huge moment in auto racing. Uh, first off, did you see, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what, you, what uh, you're talking about, and I saw more views than I wanted to see of it. And every time I watched it, it was just more unbelievable every time. Yeah, the uh, Haas motor, the uh, the Haas racing driver, uh, Romain Groschon. Uh, man, I tell you what, this, this was the opening lap of a GT race for Formula One, and it's something just went wrong. Whether uh, he was trying to make a pass and got hooked, whether uh, debris was lodged in a tire and pulled his car that way. For those who missed it, this Formula One car ripped a guardrail in half, a, a three-tiered guardrail system, so a rail of guardrail on the bottom, rail of guardrail in the middle, <clears throat> and then guardrail on the top. And this Formula One car blew through the guardrail, and when I say blew, I mean literally ripped the car in half, flames erupted out of nowhere. Uh, Rich, at first sight, this, this unfortunately looked like another fatality crash in Formula One. You know, it sure did, and then... And then I could not believe it when I was watching the video. Out of the flames, there comes the driver walking. And Under his like, own power. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and it he looked a little warm, but he didn't. I mean, he wasn't on fire. Well, he. I mean, his, he, he had worked to get out of the car, and I have no idea. You have no idea what he was going through inside those flames. You know, we had a few, couple weeks ago, we had a conversation from with, with Ron Allen about that. Mm -hmm. And um, – Boy, that's a scary thing. I cannot believe that he got out of that alive. And yeah. then I saw the video today uh, from his hospital room, and he's fine. He's showing that they got his fingers and hands all wrapped up and kind of got that taken care of. I think he had some burns uh, on his ankles and on his hands. Yeah. But uh, 
for all intents and purposes, um, it looks like he's going to be okay. You know, this was a driver who was critical of the new Halo in Formula One, which was released a couple of, uh, well, may have been three or four years ago now that the Halo has been on the Formula One cars. And he was critical of it when it first was debuted, Rich. But hands down, without a doubt, the Formula One Halo saved his life. And that's what he said. Uh, he said, if it wasn't for the Halo, I would not be here today, flat out. And you could see the where the car ripped, he was in the, the, the rear part of the car was gone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even where he was on fire and sitting at. So that was probably one of the more incredible wrecks that I've seen in my life uh, that worked out in a good way. There's not a lot of them, Zach, when they end up looking like that. Uh, but I was sure pleased. And it, it, that just gives you shows you the, the incredible safety that's built into those cars. Because if you look at them and don't know a lot about them, it doesn't look like there's a lot to it. Mm-mm, no, and, they, and, and and again, go back to the Halo. Even before then, they were definitely not one of the safer race cars in the uh, industry. But uh, wow, just amazing. And hats off, too, to the safety crew. If you watch that and study it, I had a chance to study it with Select Motorsports Safety Director Scott Menlin. And we watched it and we talked about what we saw. And uh, the, the fire marshal and the medic worked together. The fire marshal, well, as soon as the medic saw the driver, the fire marshal started spraying toward that area so that the medic could get to him and get him out of the car. Um, and, and, and what a great job by the entire safety crew. That's why they're top of the line, Rich, is because they definitely know what to do. Yeah, I, that's another thing that I noticed. Uh, they, they all worked together uh, to get him out of the car. I don't know. They obviously saw him trying to get out and working his way out because on the video, I couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. He just came walking out of the flames, which was unbelievable to me. Um, and, and really, I expected him to collapse as soon as he got out. And, yeah. he, and he didn't. He's, he, he's having a conversation with the medic, and it was just unbelievable. Uh, that safety crew did an incredible job uh, freeing him from that wreck. Absolutely, hands off. Well, uh, one of the things that was mentioned is it kind of resembled a huge wreck that we saw in the 2019 Snowflake as part of the Snowball Derby weekend at Five Flag Speedway. You'll remember the fuel cell was ripped out of a car, burst into flames, uh, fire everywhere, wrecked cars everywhere. Uh, Huge scene, and of course everybody was fine in that incident as well, Rich. And it comes to mind and it comes to light just in time to head back to Five Flags this weekend. Yeah, Zach, and another, uh, you know, it seems like there's someone is adding their name to the list uh, by the day. I think, gosh, almost 55 or so cars are now in the super late model portion. Uh, And another former Tom Dawson trophy winner joined the field uh, this past weekend. 2018 Derby winner Noah Gregson, who's been uh, spending his time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He's going to take his shot. He hasn't been in a super late model in a couple of years. Uh, but he's going to get together with uh, Waters Motorsports uh, to try to win his second crown jewel uh, down there at Five Flags Speedway. The reunion, the reunion is part of a partnership uh, from earlier in Gregson's career where he competed with Waters Motorsports Super Late Models before he, he joined Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, uh, Gregson also won two NASCAR Truck Series events with KBM and uh, before joining JR Motorsports at Xfinity program uh, last year. Gregson now returns to the Derby um, after missing out last year. He did not attend last year, but nonetheless, uh, Gregson believes lesson learned since he last drove for Waters makes the combination a pretty potent one. And uh, and after entering his fifth, the 53rd annual Snowball Derby. So a lot of stuff uh, in the last two weeks, a lot of noise coming out of Pensacola 
and what this field is going to look like. Yeah, and you know, you talk about some of the drivers who are entered and uh, some of the big name drivers that are going to be in this event. Rich, uh, you're talking about two time winner Kyle Busch going back to 2009 and 2017. Chase Elliott, as we mentioned earlier in the program, he won this event in 2011 and 2015. Chase hasn't been in this event since the last time he won it five years ago, so he's making a return. And uh, then you got five-time winner, uh, talking about some more late-model names that you know. Rich Bickle going to be there. The uh, 2019 winner, which was full of drama. Um, I'll be checking my brake pads and rotors before I bring my vehicle down to Florida. Uh, Travis Braden, he'll be there with uh, a brand-new team to him um, coming up this weekend. So a lot of former winners and a lot of uh, really good talent going to be there. And, Rich, that doesn't even count the non-winners list that is also completely loaded. Yeah, Zach, so let's do this for just a minute. You named five or six guys right off the top there that of winners that are competing in this event. How about some guys that have never won this event that are going to be there? Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassi, Ty Majeski, Chandler Smith, Carson Hosevar, Casey Roderick, Grant Enfinger, Sammy Smith, Boris Yerkovic, Jake Garcia, Corey Heim, and Derek Thorne. That is half of the starting lineup for, for the Snowball Derby. Almost all of those guys are going to make the Snowball Derby. So what an incredible field. I mean, it's going to be – and there's more. I didn't even – that's just the names that I picked <laughs> off the top. Right. This is going to be an incredible event. You're going to have somebody who is used to winning features, used to winning races, run 20th. Mm-hmm. In a field like this, it's Absolutely. going to be incredible. Well, let's talk about, too, Bubba Pollard. And uh, I usually pick on you about the coverage that we bring on Bubba Pollard. But it's interesting, for those in the Great Lakes region listening, Bubba will be climbing behind the wheel of a proven winning race car in that TK Racing, uh, Johnny Van Dorn uh, Racing Development number 71. Carson Hosevar's proved that car can can win. <laughs> That's a very strong – I don't think Carson Hosevar's lost in that race car yet, to be honest with you. I think he's ran it twice and won – one going away both times in it. And and, and we've seen Bubba Pollard uh, a couple times in the last month, Zach. Uh, we saw him at the Winchester 400 and All-American 400. Not very impressive in that Harrison's 26 machine at all. Uh, and I just wonder if um, maybe he made a phone call and just kind of nosed around a little bit when he found out that uh, Josevar was going to be running his own machine, the 14 machine, uh, if that 71 was available because – this seems like a perfect match for Bubba Pollard to upset the whole weekend. You know what I'm interested to see, and no one really talked about it after the All-American 400, which I'm surprised at. Carson Hosevar, Derek Thorne going to be near each other again in a high-profile event. Uh, it was no mystery that Carson didn't lift on the front stretch of Nashville Fairground Speedway when Thorne tried to take the line away, wrecked both race cars, both dominant race cars, both out of the event early. Um, what do you think, man, as we head down there, Carson and Derek going to be back on the track together. Are bygones bygones? Uh, these are two drivers that I don't think I've really seen hold a grudge before. What are we going to see this weekend? Yeah, I, I think Derek Thorne wants to win the Snowball Derby more than he wants to wreck Carson Hosevar. Um you, with these cars, you saw the damage on Carson's car. Um, he st- he was still driving around, but there's no way that car could continue, and there's no way he was going to win that that All American 400 with the car like that. The same thing could happen to Derek Thorne if he if he doesn't mind keep himself calm. Yeah, maybe he didn't appreciate with what happened, but now is not the time. 
Find it, find another time to do it, but not the snowball derby that pays $25,000 a win and, and probably the biggest crown jewel in super late model racing. I think if he gets an opportunity, the Five Flag Speedway is very different than Nashville Fairground Speedway. Um, you get a chance to apply the chrome horn to that 14 car. I think you probably do. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's not going to help him through a corner here or there and try to, if he has the opportunity to pass him, he's not going to wreck him on purpose that it's going to cause, he's not going to put himself in. There in peril go. or in danger, danger to tear up his race car. There you go. Uh, let's also not forget that the Pro Late Models have an event down there as well. That entry list looks very strong, Rich, and it includes some guys who are pulling double duty this weekend as well. Yeah, 45. Now, we, we talked about 55 plus or minus entries on the Super Side Zach, uh, 45 or so uh, on the Pro Late Model side. 100 race late models we get to watch this weekend. Fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. And the guys pulling double duty, the guys that you usually see Zach pulling yes. double duty, uh, Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassie, uh, Derek Thorne, who we just talked about, uh, Matt Craig, Mason Keller, uh, and Kyle Plott, who we've seen pull double duty just about, you know, at Speedfest, just about everywhere he goes. So, and, and then another, you know, you go down the field with that. It, it's, it's going to be an unbelievable three days of racing, uh, down a five flag speedway. Um, I don't know that I've seen after following this, I was, uh, at the 2017 snowball derby and, um, this field kind of just kind of embarrasses that one. This is, this field is just incredible. It's, it's the most star studded field I've seen, uh, for a snowball derby in years. Now, quick question, uh, for you, Rich, what, what is Bubba driving in the pro late model race? He's going to be driving his 26 machine. He's okay. listed as now I'm going off of the entry list, but it is listed as the 26 above a Pollard. So probably his pro late model he'll drive uh, and he'll leave his super at home and then jump in the 71 uh, for the last two days of the weekend. Did some testing down there today. Uh, we see this on, on social media. The car looks good, man. It's a good-looking hot rod with Bubba Pollard behind the wheel. So it's it's going to be they a great They put a wrap on that thing, didn't they? Oh, man. It looks, it looks nice. nice. It looks good. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Snowflake's going to be exciting as well. And, Rich, it's our pleasure now to uh, call up a guy from right here in the great old state of Michigan who is already on his way down there. Uh, let us know who we're talking to Well, Zach, he was your uh, 2019 JEG CRA All-Stars Tour champion, um, making the trip down to Pensacola in the Snowball Derby literally this evening. Uh, we caught up to him. Uh, he's going to compete in the Allen Turner Snowflake 100 in his pro late model this week. Out of Birch Run, Michigan. Dan Leak, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Awesome, man. Uh, what well, you're on the way down there. I saw the photo of the cool graphics graphics job you've done on that car. Now, the question is, is everything inside the car ready, including that driver? Oh, man, I sure hope so. We've, uh, we've put a lot of time into the car the last probably week and a half, and uh, hope it all pays out. Now you didn't have a not a not a bad run last last year when you went down to Five Flags. You started thirtieth and brought home a twelfth place finish. But uh, but Dan, I expect you're looking to up that performance this weekend. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we had a really good car in the race. Just uh, for whatever reason, whenever I come down here, I I struggle in qualifying. And, uh, really hoping that we can find some speed, just you know, right off the truck, so that way there we can. Uh, get a lot better starting spot and really show what we have during the race. 
Dan, with this, this is kind of a one-off event throughout the year. I think a lot of people know that. Uh, you probably don't get to, down to five flags as much as some of those guys from the south that you're going to be running against. Uh, what does it take to be competitive down there? I mean, granted, you're going to be down there by Tuesday, but uh, do you get enough time on the track throughout the week to feel like you really know it well enough to, to be out there racing for a win come Saturday? Um, well, I mean, you do get quite a bit of practice just, uh, you know, with, start, with uh, practice starting on Thursday. But, you know, you just kind of lean on people that race here. Like, thankfully for me, I'm uh, – you know, I have Mike Garvey, which he's from Pensacola, and he works with a lot of Senator guys. And, uh, he, you know, he helps us out a bunch. And then with him working with them other cars, you know, that's other drivers to bounce things off them as well. Well, so, Dan, let's talk about this, too, because the other thing is um, a lot of guys aren't getting, and down there I think it's different, but for you, I'm thinking specifically, you didn't get a whole lot of time on the racetrack up here, specifically in Michigan or around this area. Um, you know, you did do some outlaw stuff and, and did do some, uh, you know, late model sportsman stuff. Um, does that bother you at all, that, that you, maybe you didn't get as much track time throughout the season as you normally would have? Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, I hope I'm not too rusty. I'm not but, trying to get uh, you worked up or anything. I'm just asking the tough questions, I yeah. guess. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with the old saying, you know, it's like riding a bike. So uh, so you, it's kind of like riding a bike, but uh, how, how do you really think – How do you, you go through this number, tw number 12 machine here, uh, taking it down there. How many times have you? How many times and how many laps do you actually have down there uh, at Five Flag Speedway? Oh, I think we've been coming here since 2014. Um, so I mean, we've been we've been. It's it's always been the Pro Late model too. So it's this will be the second year, second consecutive year with the same car. So um, you know, we had a good run last year during the race. I, I feel we we're you know, a, a definite top five car. Um, so I don't think we're going to vary too far from that off the, uh, you know, the initial first day of practice. And uh, I mean, I think we'll be all right. I think we're going to, I think we're going to do well. So you're comfortable with the car, but you know, then I look at this entry list, 45 plus or minus is what we got it figured out. Uh, pro late models. And what a field a lot to, to go along with the field uh, for the actual snowball derby. Have you ever seen a field uh, for this event that looks like this? The first year, I think it was 14 that we came down here. It, I mean, it was from top to bottom. It was the best of the best. So um, that, that's kind of what you expect when you come down here. It, it is the best of the best, and uh, you just got to come prepared. But uh, I feel that, you know, we went through the, the car, and I, I think we're going to be right there. I, I think we'll be right where we need to be this year. Dan, I talked to some folks who are, you know, everybody in the racing world is watching this event this weekend. We even talked to with uh, some dirt guys last week that are going to be down there running a car for the first time. And, uh, Dan, sometimes when I'm talking about you, the, the phrase underdog gets brought up. And I almost wonder if that's not fair, given that you're a JEG CRA All-Stars Tour champion. What do you think about that? Uh, and and two-time at that, uh, when you're talking about championships, what do you think about those who kind of look at Dan Leak in that 12 car and go, eh? If he were to win, man, that would be an underdog story. Uh, do, do you fall for that? Um, I mean, yes and no. I, I feel like I've, 
you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I've got quite a bit of experience. But, you know, we are just a, a small, you know, family-owned race team. Um, it, it's usually just me and a couple friends or a couple of uh, family members out in the garage getting things done. Uh, you know, it's we, we have some... We have some good friends that are uh, that help out with sponsorship and stuff, but I mean, for the most part, it is our, our family business. So, I, I mean, yeah, we're we're kind of an underdog. But uh, and then you but then you throw out that uh, you know like you did uh, you know that Garvey name and everybody knows his experience. Uh, when you guys make a trip like this, that's got to be nothing but a positive for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to know. Uh, you know, I, I, I've met a lot of big names in the in the sport just just through you know different chassis builders and um, you know just just from knowing so many people for doing it for so long. So uh, really look forward to every time I come down here because just like tomorrow we're gonna stop at Mike Garvey shop. He's gonna help me go through the car, just kind of double check things that I did on it, and make sure that uh, when we start on Thursday we're we're where we need to be. Let's uh, let's step away from the snowflake just a little bit because we haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, let's talk about 2020 overall. Looks like you uh, chased some racing a little bit uh, down to Anderson, uh, did some stuff in Angola, even did some Outlaw Super Late Model stuff. How did your 2020 go overall? Oh, it was a rough one. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of ups and downs. You know, in the beginning of the year, we had big plans, and then obviously with uh, the old pandemic there, everything kind of got tossed off the window so uh we we just started searching for races um we ended up going to anderson quite a bit just because they were racing i mean they did an awesome job getting races in whether it be cra super series cra you know all-stars or the cra late model sportsmen's um i think i even went to just one of their regular late model nights um just because you know they're putting on events that paid fairly decent and, uh, you know, everything was shut down at home. So, um, you know, we had a lot of good runs in the, uh, you know, in the template car. There at the end, we got the outlaw car back out and we ran the nationals and I think we finished this. So that was, that wasn't too bad. And then, uh, we went to Lorraine County there at the end of the year and the car was really, really good. We just kind of, I think we set fast time and then we just kind of got caught up in, in a racing deal there and took us out of the, out of the race, but. Um, I mean, we always showed good speed all year, uh, just never really was able to capitalize on it, which is definitely a bummer. It's been a, been a long time since I, I ran a whole season and not got a win, but um, that just, I guess, you know, that just makes you more hungry, and coming down here uh, just makes me want to win that much more. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is that leads motivation right into this weekend's race. Uh, for those of you, for those fans that have been kind of following along, or maybe the novice fan, um, this number 74 machine that you spent a lot of time behind the wheel of has the new body style on it. Um, is that the same chassis that you're going to be racing or is that a completely different car for this weekend? Nope. Nope. So the 74 was, um, originally our outlaw car. And then we had this bright idea to put a gen six, uh, the new gen six Camaro body on it. Um, and we ran a lot of, uh, late model stuff with that and, and early part of the year and then towards the end of the year we decided to take that body off and put the outlaw body back on it um that was the center chassis and then the car that we're running this weekend 
is our new template senator car that we put together last year for the uh, for the 2019 season. Jags. Now, I noticed this Seneca car that you're bringing down here has the, what I'll call the Gen 5 body on it. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Now, is there any specific yep. reason, performance, or or personal taste? Uh, what, why did you slap the Gen 5 back on if you had the new Gen 6 body there in the shop? Well, um, I guess it's just something to get used to. There's, from when I raced... Uh, the 74 car, I just noticed there's a lot of blind spots, and um, I just haven't seen the advantage yet. Van Dorn's done a well job with it, um, but as far as, you know, people that I like, kind of like Mike Garvey and uh, sort of the Seneca world, I guess you could say, uh, they, there hasn't been a lot of people um, running it, so there's just a lot of unknowns, um, so I just didn't want to come down here for, you know, the biggest race of the year, and so many different cars, so many good different cars. I just didn't want to, you know, I just kind of want to take that out of the equation. Let's just go with what we know. Now you brought up, you brought up the, the fall nationals, which, which I went up there and we got to talk afterwards. Um, yeah, you finished fifth, but really you have to think that was a better run than that showed because you were running towards the front all night long. And, and I thought you looked great. All you have to be kind of proud of that performance. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a bummer that we ended up fifth. Um, should have probably been second uh, out there at Owasso, as you know, Rich. There's uh, the Owasso, um, the lane choice, the Owasso option, I think is what they call it. In um, there at the end, I think it was the last caution. I just I picked the wrong. I, I think I picked the inside and the outside went, and so I kind of got hung up, and uh, there just wasn't enough laps to get back by. But um, overall, it was it was. You know, pretty darn good run. There was some heavy hitters there in the outlaw world, so um, and we don't run a lot with them. So, so when you're able to go into their, you know, kind of their, uh, you know, their little series, it's it's nice to be able to run with them guys up front. Talking with Birch Run Michigan's Dan Leak as he heads down to the Five Flag Speedway for this weekend's Snowball Derby. Um, Dan, you have a, a reputation to uphold a little bit. 2017, you won the Best Looking Car Award with the Elf on the Shelf theme. This year, you've got snowflakes plastered all over the place. Anybody help you design that car? Uh, yeah, uh, Mark Welch uh, from Race 1. He, uh, he stepped up, and we, we kind of... I don't know. We waited last minute, I guess you could say, to, to <laughs> put this deal together. And I called him and I told him, "Hey, man, we're we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Is there any way that you could uh, put us something to, together for the scheme?" And he said, "Yeah, give me a night or so." And I think it was the next afternoon he sent me this over. And uh, I mean, I think it looks really, really nice. He came over Saturday afternoon and we got it put on there. And I, I just I think it turned out really, really nice. I want to make sure we give you a heads up. You know, uh, you're going to have a couple of old uh, race car drivers, now announcers, down there at Five Flags Speedway this weekend. And I'm just, we're just letting you know, if, if you're ever not feeling good or anything, I'm sure one of us would like to jump in and give that thing a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me know, man. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. Oh, I'm letting man. you know now. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, don't. Oh, geez, Dan. Don't let Rich behind the wheel of your car. Please do not let him do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Leak, uh, it's a pleasure uh, to chat with you, man. Uh, good luck this weekend. As Rich said, we'll be down there. We'll chat with you while we're down there as well. And, uh, hey, hoping for big things. Maybe this is the win you'll get on the 2020 season. What a way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, 
man, it'd be awesome. Definitely, uh, definitely be a career highlight to pull a win off down here at Five Flags. All right, Dan. Well, hey, travel safe. I know you got a couple hours or uh, an hour or so left on your on your uh, trek down there. So travel safe. Good luck, and we'll see you when we get down there. All right, guys. Thank you. Okay, before we move on, uh, this has kind of become a staple for the last couple of weeks, and it's going to continue because we have more divisions to do as we uh, roll on through the off season. But, Rich, it is time for the finale for the HPH Best Driver Challenge. It launched uh, just before the show started about an hour ago, hour and a half ago it launched. We've got a dandy of a finale going on for the HPH Best Driver Challenge. And I don't know that we would have picked this battle for the end. I don't know that I don't know that anybody would have. Um, I mean, unless you're a fan of one of these two gentlemen, obviously. But uh, Andy Bozell made it through all the way through from the first round all the way to the finals. And he is going to take on uh, a gentleman that was a top four seed in Jeff Gannis. So uh, we'll have to I'm not going to give any. <laughs> Any idea of how this thing's going to go? I don't I don't know. Jeff Gannis and uh, Steve Needles had a heck of a battle uh, yesterday. That was incredible. Um, and I, I don't know how this is going to go. I have no idea. But uh, I love the involvement that the fans are, are taking part. Hundreds and hundreds of votes. Every single matchup. Uh, Boy, they are they are going to battle for their uh, for their drivers, aren't they? And here's the thing that I love, Rich, is that here's a couple of guys who are fantastic behind the wheel, and they each come with their own drops of drama off of the racetrack as well, which I think is just going to make it all the more better. Because I've had people message me about Jeff Gannis, I've had people message me about you know Andy Bozell and some other guys that we've had. You know, hey, what about this, that, and the other thing? And I said, hey. Uh, this is you. This is for you to vote on, not for me. Uh, and I love that twelve time and Jeff Gannis going at it. Yeah, Constantine, Michigan versus Portage, Michigan. I can't wait to see how this works out. Um, the the Bozell clan has showed up in force. I must say, every round, uh, and everybody got mad at us because they I thought know. we. Everybody <laughs> got mad at us because they thought that uh, we had some say in putting Phil up against Andy. Uh, that was the voters. That's just I mean, the way it fell. They're the ones that through to the, to, to the semifinal round against each other. Yep. Um, but that was incredible. We're sure having fun with this, and and I can't wait to see how this turns out and and how we get into the next challenge that we'll announce next week. Yeah, absolutely, and we will announce that next week as we come off of the Snowball Derby. We have kind of been dirt track snobs for the past couple of weeks, and we've been talking about the Snowball Derby all night tonight, so... We had to break that trend, and we had to get back to our dirt track roots. My dirt track roots, anyhow. Uh, let us know who we're talking to here tonight. Well, Zach, uh, this young man is making his first appearance with us on Horsepower Happenings. That's always nice. Uh, he picked up two track championships in 2020, uh, one at Winston and Thunderbird in the IMCA Modified. Uh, he was also the national IMCA East Region champion. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Makes his home in Lakeview, Michigan. Uh, Mitchell Hunt, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Man, in a uh, in a season where most teams were looking to find one track to go racing at, you were fortunate to have two, and your season really couldn't have gone any better, could it? No, not really. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we kind of moved where the shop was, and uh, the tracks just, I mean, they're pretty close to each other, and uh, – they weren't far of a drive for us, so 
So we decided to give him a shot and turned out awesome for us. Talk to me about the difficulties of racing at two different tracks um, and keeping your performance at such a high level, because in our state, it is not common to pull off what you were able to pull off this season. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a ton of work. Um, you know, I've, I'm fortunate to have uh, quite a few people help me during the week, um, you know, get the car ready. And then, you know, after you race Friday night, get it ready to go back out Saturday night and maybe change the car to the different track. So it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of preparation. I would say, um, just to have good equipment every time you go out. Now, these two tracks that you ended up getting championships at, Thunderbird and, and uh, Winston, they're not where I know you from, and maybe I'm the minority here, um, but I know you from watching you know, watching your race at I-96, and uh, you know, I think I've seen you over at Tri-City and maybe Merritt a couple of times. Um, and even, as a matter of fact, kind of looking here, doing a little Facebook stalking before the show, uh, Winston was a track that you had to really make yourself get used to early on in the season, uh, talk to me about running that place there in, in uh, up there in Muskegon. Yeah, so uh, Winston, um, especially a, a a racing family, uh, bought it, and they happened to be friends of ours, and uh, they're really good people. So we wanted to support them, and uh, you know, I raced there one other time, or one time before this year. I'm not sure when, but it was a long time ago, and. Uh, you know, that I mean, you could tell um, um, everyone started to figure out the track, but uh, they did a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, it was it was a challenge, but it was uh, really fun, too. How, and I was going to ask, how similar are these two racetracks? Uh, you know, we know that Thunderbird uh, usually has a pretty good surface to start. We'll start to take some rubber by the time the features roll around. Uh, what about Winston? Uh, how, how similar is that racetrack to what you see on at Thunderbird? Um, I don't, I honestly don't think they're, uh, very similar at all. You know, at Thunderbird, you know, you usually, it's kind of more momentum. Um, you know, you get up around the top, they usually build a little cushion over there at Thunderbird. Uh, but at Winston, I mean, it was, I mean, there's, it's more of like a hairpin tight corners and, uh, to be, I don't know, to be really good at Winston. You got to have a really good hand on race car because it's, it's tricky. Um, the two corners are complete opposite and, uh, it, it's tough, but it's, it's a fun racetrack. Now, up until a few years ago, um, you know, I got, I was able to work with the, uh, American ethanol modified tour, which are UMP mods. Now to, to somebody who doesn't know the difference, they, they go into a fan that goes into a racetrack and looks and say, Oh, they're modifieds. Um, there's a lot of difference between those two. And so, so what is the difference? How can a fan know what the difference is between an IMCA mod and a UMP modified? Uh, well, first off, the easiest thing, they run different tires. Um, uh, we run different engines. They run aluminum engines. Uh, and then they run different suspension um, stuff they're allowed to run which I guess would be hard for a fan to see, but I mean, you could, uh, I don't know. You could almost tell by looking at the body on a lot of the UMP cars, they got more, just not the flat old INCA bodies that we have to run. 
You know, and one of the things that I think is interesting now, kind of transitioning into maybe more of a, an advanced fan, and I want to get your opinion on this. Um, in our state specifically, there's kind of two ways that you can go about this, and it's building your own, uh, you know, steel steel engine and, and, and building it to the specs and the claim rules and everything. Uh, but there's also a crate engine rule option uh, that is a very intriguing rule uh, for, for IMCA modifieds. Um, first off, if you don't mind, what what sort of option are you running there? Are you building your own engines in that 38 car? Uh, no, we we switched to the crate engine, uh, say like three years ago, and uh, you know have loved it ever since. And so the, the where I'm going here, and you probably already know where I'm going, is a guy that you that used to rule the roost around here in IMCA Modifieds and actually uh, three-time national champion in the region, and um, that's A.J. Ward. And, man, he's taken some heat in the past for that crate engine and, and the dominance that he's had there. Um, I guess, can you shed some light on maybe why so many people are critical of, of what he's got going on with that with that car, having raced against him yourself? Um, you know, maybe shed some light on what, what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that has nothing to do with the crate engines. Um, okay. I mean, people can say whatever they want, but, uh, you know, you know, the guy has a good race car and he's on top of his stuff and, uh, you know, really made everyone better. So I don't, I don't, I don't. And that's why I asked the that's why I asked the question, and that's why I wanted to ask a fellow competitor, Mitchell, because it never made sense to me, um, you know, why that would be the big difference. Um, because I've seen you, and I've seen Mike Vandermark, and I've seen these other guys hang with him, um, and and so I I just had to get the question out there to see is is there really that much difference from buying a crate engine from Chevrolet or building one yourself and. Uh, you're you're uh, you're being very competitive one this year on your own. So uh, it was just an interesting. I wanted to get your your take on things and get your side of it uh, because obviously IMCA knows what they're doing to allow a crate engine versus a, a built engine. So um, clearly, clearly they're competitive with one another. Yeah, um, I would say between the crate and building your own, uh, the crate motor is going to win nine times out of ten. Uh, you know, because the crate motor gets the spoiler. And uh, with a tire rerun, I mean, that the crate motor's, I mean, just easy to hook up and it's really drivable. And it, they just, they seem to always beat the open motors. Now, I have a question because your two tracks made a lot of noise in the last couple of months um, by deciding that they were going to go with a crate late model division. Nice segue, Zach. Thank you for the crate You're segue welcome. on that. You're welcome. Um, you know, what? what is your view on that? Because, you know, my view is I like watching a full field of cars and I don't want to watch seven street stocks or seven trucks race a 20-lap feature. Um, that's just me. I, it just isn't interesting to me. Um, how do you think this is going to go at those two racetracks? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, so I totally agree. You know, I feel like if you're going to add a class, you definitely have to drop one or two maybe even two, um, you know, I, I could, I could see it being good if they, you know, dropped another class, but, uh, you know, you're going to get, you probably get a handful of guys that try to throw something together, but then you're going to get the guys, you know, that 
have a good super late model team and they're like oh we'll go create race another backup car or whatever and uh <laughs> yeah i think it'll just it, i mean i feel like they might just run everyone out of there but i guess we'll see how it goes Talking with Mitchell Hunt, uh, driver of the uh, number 38 IMCA Modified, winner of the track championship at Thunderbird and Winston Speedways in 2020, also a winner of the National IMCA Regional Championship. Does that carry any more weight to it? I know in the UMP world, people talk about all the time about national UMP champion or regional UMP champion. On the IMCA side, Mitchell, did, did that uh, get you excited at all to know that you won the regional championship, or were you more worried about track championships, or maybe you weren't worried about any of the three? Um, you know, the season was uh, super short, so honestly, I never even like paid attention until I don't know sometime in August, and and then uh, you know I you know I got a little excited about it, but. Um, at the end of the day, I, I go to race, uh, to have fun and, uh, do well, do well is, uh, you know, I, I just, I just want to be competitive every time I hit the racetrack. IMCA Modifieds, I believe, are gaining popularity in the state of Michigan. There's only two tracks left that run UMP Modifieds on a regular basis. Three, I guess, if, uh, you count Hartford when they throw them in, um, so with the growth in popularity, Brent asks the question on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. In the growth in popularity with IMCA cars, uh, Mitchell, do you believe in Michigan there could be a series or small tour for them, similar to what we saw with the American Ethanol Tour? Brent says he believes it would be cool to see events with A.J. Ward, Mitchell Hunt, Nate Jones, Steve Fairbanks, John McCall, the rest of the state's best IMCA guys, for more than just weekly shows at the same racetrack. What, what do you think about trying to get a series going for IMCA? Yeah, that would be uh, absolutely incredible. I've actually, you know, we've been talking about this for like two years now, and uh, man, that would that'd be crazy. I I would assume there'd probably be forty to forty five modifieds, uh, you know, that show up to an event like that here in Michigan, and uh, there's there's probably twenty of them that could win. So it would be a lot of fun, and uh, that'd be really cool to do something like that rob berta for your information replied to that and said that if it didn't conflict with the the uh the pavement schedule that chase would be there ready to go with that 18 car so uh it's interesting to think about how much interest there might be in this um and again with imca just exploding in popularity uh around this region um i'm with you i think it might be something to look into yeah that's uh, yeah that would they would be some good shows that's for sure you know, I, I've, I've, um, my experience for the most part, and I'm not going to lie, has been with the UMP mods and, and watching them. But you know, I have noticed uh, wherever, whenever I go to a track, and I, and you know, Zach and I have been chasing dirt racing all summer long because that's the only ones that are really racing on a regular basis. Um, you guys bring the car counts, and you guys put on a heck of a show. The same guys not walking away every single night. Um, it is a battle, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, you know, you when you race weekly, uh, some there's I don't know, I would say there's probably five or you know six drivers at every track that have really good equipment and uh, have their stuff together, and you know it's all who who makes the adjustments from the heat to the feature to get that little bit better. Um, yeah, but it's really competitive. 
and uh, I love it. What do you think it is about the, the IMCA modifieds that are so competitive? Because to Rich's point, I think I've seen closer IMCA modified features. I mean, holy smokes, at Tri-City this year, it came down to, you know, one hundredths of a second uh, to, to, to uh, declare winners this year. And I've seen great racing at I-96, and I've seen great racing out of the B-Mod division at Merritt Speedway. Why are these modifieds seemingly so much more competitive than what's going on with the UMP modifieds? Um, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we got a little, we got stricter rules, I would say, um, you know, there's less things we can do. I mean, we still spend a ton of money to go fast, but, uh, well, it's racing, right? That's kind of a, (laughs) you could race a front wheel drive and spend a bunch of money. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, the UMP guys help them, you know, could probably have a late model for what they have in their modified. So, so some, some of the guys that don't have, you know, a ton of money, but have a lot of talent are, you know, still going to be good in the IMCA modified. And Zach, you know, I, I have to, I have to agree with Mitch wholeheartedly. You know, you got, you know, friends of ours, the, you know, the Milkies and the Thurlbees. Um, you pack a big old motor in that UMP modified and it's how big your pockets are to how fast you're going to go. And there's a lot of guys that don't have, the ability to do that. And, and that's going to kind of stretch out the field a little bit to where when you have a title rules package, it's going to keep more of the field together. Uh, and I believe. And my other question to kind of piggyback that Mitchell is how much do you think the claim rule has to do with that? Or is that just what the fans see? And there's other things in the rule books that are helping keep guys honest or keep the field uh, tight, a better bunch because we we all know at the end of the race the checkered flag falls five guys are going to pull down there for the claim and i've never personally seen one take place but it's a part of the show yeah so i mean the claim used to be you know pretty big before uh the crate motor came around uh but now you know if you start looking through the field of imca modifies a lot of your guys that are up front have the crate motor and, uh, you know, so that's not claimable in IMCA. But uh, the open motors just, they kind of caters to the crate motors and gives the crate motors an advantage. Um, you know, so you can't go wrong for having one, but it, but it rules out the claim in that aspect. I mean, you could still get your shocks claimed. Um, which, you know, doesn't very happen very often, but... Uh, I've definitely seen it happen. So, let's talk um, about. Go ahead. If you had, if you had some more to add to that. No, that's that's it. Okay. Well, I was going to move on and, and talk about the 2021 Fast Shafts uh, All Star Ballot. Your name is on this. You joined 76 other drivers on this ballot already. Um, talk to me about this event. What is this invitational ballot here that we're talking about? Oh man, it's uh, you know, so. The IMCA Super Nationals are held, uh, you know, usually the first week of September out in Boone, Iowa. And uh, it's 300 of, you know, the best IMCA modified drivers. um, Days and days of trying to make a big show, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, the All-Star Qualifier takes place on Friday when you're out there. And it's um, it's guys who have won a $1,000 or more show during the year or they've won the regional title, or they've won the state title. And it's 30 drivers. 
so you get voted in by votes uh, by the fans and people, and um, you know it's it's thirty of the best uh, going thirty laps, and it's it's uh it's just it's crazy. I mean, you race with people that uh you know you grew up watching on the TV, so it's really cool and uh, it's a ton of fun. You know, when I, I brought this up, your interest peaked. Uh, this is an event that – have you ever competed in this event? Is this something that you'll be doing for the first time? Uh, I've competed in the event twice. I actually started on the pool of it this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and I was trying to do some digging there uh, because I saw that you picked up a feature win – uh, to, to move yourself forward in one of these big races. It, it, I, I got to be honest with you, when it comes to IMCA, I'm a little short on the national knowledge, but I do know that, man, Boone, Iowa is such a huge event. Race cars for, for acres, acres of race cars <laughs> and racing for days. And, and I just think it's amazing because it goes back, Mitchell, it goes back to that thing where every race that you see go on that racetrack is competitive and is exciting and everybody's scrapping for a shot at the big dance. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that racetrack's usually phenomenal. Um, you know, a ton of good race cars, you know, it usually has two lanes. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough to even win a heat race out there. Um, you know, it's, it's unlike anything else when you go to the Boone Super National, it's just crazy. So you're you're still a young man. I'm guessing in the 23 range. Am I correct? Uh, 21. 21. Oh, younger than I thought. So uh, you're you're doing this IMCA mods. What do you, what else you want to do? Uh, you know, in, in, in racing, do you want to move up uh, into late models at some point? Or are you happy where you're at? The uh, uh, I love the IMCA modified. Um, you know, if I ever got the opportunity to drive a late model, you know, I mean, a decent late model, I definitely would. Uh, but, you know, to start your own team, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a little steep for me. So we'll, we'll stick with the modified unless something comes up. Well, I tell you what, you're a ton of fun to watch. And, and any IMCA uh, fellow competitors that are listening to this show, that whole division is a ton of fun to watch. And I mentioned a couple of those guys earlier in the program, and it doesn't matter what racetrack I see them on. Um, man, what a great show. And I don't, I, I think maybe one time I saw Mike Vandermark walk away with a show this year, and I think it was at Merritt, and the track was rough, and it was kind of a one-lane deal. Uh, but other than that, that division is so much fun to watch. And you're a part of that, man, and, and it's so awesome to see you do what you do week in and week out. Nice job, by the way, on dual championships. Really, a triple championship if you count the regional thing. Um, so nice job, Mitchell. Great, great season this year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our interview tonight, Mitchell. Uh, congrats on a successful season, and hopefully we see you somewhere down the road in 2021. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you guys for having me. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit, shall we? We brought it up. The question was asked on the uh, Horsepower Happenings Facebook page, an IMCA modified Michigan region tour, Rich France. What do you think? You know, Zach, I would not have a problem with it with the car counts that I see at the racetracks that, that I've been at. Um, it, now, you have to understand, is that what it's going to be on a touring series uh, going to different tracks? I don't know. A, a lot of that, a lot of people like to race close to home. But if you can have those kind of car counts, and I'm talking, you know, 25 to 30 cars every single night, why would you not want to have a series like that? That would just be incredible. 
And I think one of the more popular uh, tours for IMC Modified, you think, has this been done before? Um, remember Dirt Nights tour that uh, did some stuff on Mav TV not too long ago. Um, you know, you've got them, you've got uh, many IMCA tours, but they're a little bit further to the west before you start to see them. Red River modified, Red River uh, modified tour. Um, there's some sprint car tours that are IMCA sanctioned. There's some stock car tours that are IMCA sanctioned. Of course, you've got the Wild West Modified Shootout, not a tour, uh, but it's a, a huge event. The Wild West Tour for modified stock cars and sport mods. Um, there's There are some people doing this, but not in our area. And Zach, you know what? It, this, this is what it tells me. We have friends that we've made over the years on the UMP Modified side. What does it say to you when they now are starting to build IMCA modified? Absolutely. We're starting to see that more and more. And um, maybe because they think the UMP mods is going to go by the wayside. I don't, I, I hope not because I, I really like those cars as well, but uh, they know where the racing is. If they're all, if they're building two different types of cars. Absolutely. Hey, we've been keeping you up to date on our social media and on our website on the young man, uh, who is fighting for his life. Of course, that's Jack Gore. And uh, just want to let you know, they did surpass their fundraising goal on their GoFundMe account, $25,319 of $25,000 raised. However, Rich, as we all know, that is uh, that, that does not mean it's time to lift. Uh, the race is still going on strong, and the bills are still piling up down there in Cincinnati. Um, but uh, just glad to see that things are going well in that avenue and uh, jet is continuing to fight the good fight and it's been awesome to see pictures roll in with him uh with hero cards and t-shirts and pictures and uh, really the racing community and the drivers uplifting jet as he goes through this difficult time jet by the time he's done with this and i, I firmly believe that he's going to beat it beat this and we're going to see him back at the racetrack Jet is going to have a whole new wardrobe, Zach. Absolutely. I'm telling you. And every one of them is going to be from a race team in Michigan. I am so proud, uh, like I said before, of our racing family stepping up and helping this young man. Um, everybody prays, gets behind him. I know he can beat this. And, and, and the biggest day, I think, for everybody will be next spring when we see Jet back at the racetrack. That would be an awesome thing. He's going to be Tri-City Motor Speedway's most popular driver next year. You can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Everybody else might as well just sit down and take a back seat next year, I think. Let's take a look at some races that are coming up, Rich, on the upcoming calendar. Of course, uh, how could we not talk about it to end the show? The 53rd Annual Snowball Derby from Five Flag Speedway coming up this weekend. Yep, you're going to get out of here, uh, out of Michigan on Wednesday. I'm going to head down on Thursday morning, so I'll get there Thursday night. I'm going to do it all in one day. So uh, get down there, and then we'll have three days of racing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that we'll get involved in. And for the Alan Turner Snowflake 100 and the uh, uh, 53rd Annual Snowball Derby uh, qualifying and racing on Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a great weekend, Zach. If you can't make the trip, of course, we'll have some behind-the-scenes stuff at Horsepower Happenings on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, of course, look for some stuff at HorsepowerHappenings.com as well. And event details available at FiveFlagSpeedway.com. You can also watch the race at Speed51.tv. On the dirt side, the new Winter Dirt Car Series. It debuted last year in 2019. It was very successful, and they're doing it again this year. Their second event of the season coming up on Saturday from Volunteer Speedway. Of course, that's the Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Series. They'll be back in action on Saturday. I don't know, Rich. I don't know if Tennessee is close enough for us to take a drive up there to catch some dirt racing. If the snowflake, you know, I don't know. Maybe you can cover the snowflake. I'll go up and cover Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Series. 
Who knows? <laughs> I did. I did see today that in Nashville there were some snowflakes. So don't go down there expecting it to be nice and toasty warm. <laughs> if you want to go to Tennessee, you go to Tennessee. You'll find me in Pensacola. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'll I'll meet you down in Pensacola for sure. Um, great show tonight. Great job, Rich. Great job, Dan Leak, who joins us on the program. We'll talk to him down in Pensacola. Nice to hear from Mitchell Hunt. Have him on the show for the first time. And of course, uh, check in on that best driver challenge this week because it's going to be a good one, and it will end tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Andy Bozell or Jeff Gannis will be crowned uh, the Great Lakes region's best outlaw super late model driver, according to the fans, and uh, looking forward to that. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Again, extensive horsepower happenings coverage from the Snowball Derby. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but same time, same place next week. For Rich France, Scott Menlin, who owns and operates Horsepower Happenings, I'm Zach Heiser. Have a great week. We'll see you at Snowball. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.